0: welcome to the holistic hotties podcast i'm your host kat mansfield and i'm on a mission to help you feel good naked not just with your clothes off but with your masks off completely you completely naked i want to help you fall so in love with yourself that you can't help but feel good naked i'm a certified holistic health coach meditation teacher and yoga teacher traveling around the world to further satiate a curiosity for all things healing and true Feeling good naked is so much more than eating healthily, the bubble baths, and the spa days. It's that deep sense of security, that deep sense of safety in your own body. Here, we're going to talk about how to overcome the roadblocks, the mindsets, the beliefs, and the self-imposed limitations that are keeping you from embodying the most radiant, holistically hot version of you. By pressing play, you're one step closer to feeling good naked. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of... Holistic hotties. I'm recording from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I came home for Christmas, so I'm at my parents' house and it has been so lovely. I mean, aside from having a little bit of trouble adjusting to the altitude while I'm sleeping, it's just a dream being back in Santa Fe. If you know me in person and I've ever talked to you about Santa Fe, I probably have like gone on about it. It is such a special place to me. today, I want to talk about how to adjust to being back home. I've noticed I've only been home, at the time I'm recording this, I've only been home three days, I think, four days. And I already have noticed on many occasions where the temptation is to regress, where the old pathway could potentially still be Chosen, if that makes sense. It's so easy to, you know, be in your own life, be far away, you know, being an independent adult to feel like you have a much more sturdy hold on your practices and on your triggers and on your wounds, right? And be like, I'm making a ton of leeway on this healing. And, and I'm sure you are, like, when you have those feelings of, like, wow, I've come so far, we have. And when you come home, Those wounds, those triggers can be so much deeper than we give them credit for because they're the ones that have been there since we existed, (laughs) since we had our earliest, earliest memories that we don't even remember. Those are the ones that are stored in our body by those people and their energy and like our body remembers. And so it can be easy to kind of fall back into old dynamics, whether it be with siblings, internal family systems. It can be really easy to come home and feel like you've just like you're losing control of all the progress you've made and feel like you're regressing into old ways of being that maybe you don't like like old ways of or old versions of self that are more reactive or more judgmental or more abrasive or aggressive when you're in those wounded or triggered situations. And it's not just for anybody who is going home for the holidays, it's also anybody who's just spending time with family over the holidays and I feel like this is a topic that people mention here and there, like it's almost a joke, like good luck over the holidays kind of thing, because you'll be with your family. And just to be clear, I get so freaking excited to come home. I mean, I'm sure I've made that clear, (laughs) but or not even come home, just see my family, wherever that is. I get so excited to see them, and I'm extremely blessed to have that kind of Family dynamic where, yes, there's a lot of chaos, and you know, at times we fight and we get annoyed with each other, and you know, all the normal things that families feel about each other. But all in all, we love each other deeply and would do anything for each other. And I know I'm extremely blessed to have that. So that's just a little bit of fine print to this episode. By no means am I trying to negate how beautiful of a time this is every year to come back and connect with those who love us on a cellular level, even if they don't necessarily know how to show it, or even if the dynamic is perhaps difficult. This is a beautiful time of year to spend with those you love. That being said, it can be an extremely triggering environment. Some of our deepest wounds and darkest shadows stem from experiences and interactions that we had with family and in the home. And so there is a lot of healing that needs to go on in and around familial dynamics. So I, for example, am the middle child. I have an older sister and a younger brother. You've heard me talk about my younger brother, I'm sure quite a lot. He and I are really close. He's two years younger than I am. I actually tried to do an interview with him for this week's podcast about our dynamic and how it's played out in our lives and things like that. But well, first of all, we like kind of couldn't get through without laughing and also, yeah, we just like couldn't make it sound fluid. <laughs> we couldn't make it sound comfortable. <laughs> um, I don't think we're just like, we're just not used to being in that kind of situation. Like, let me interview you about our dynamic, you know? So it's okay. I'm talking about it on my own. But yeah, I was a middle child. And I know there's a lot of like cliches about being the middle child. And to be honest, a lot of them are true. <laughs> I felt a lot of them in terms of kind of feeling like you go unnoticed, the way I felt was like I had to achieve or perform or be perfect essentially to be noticed while my older sister and my younger brother didn't have to do as much to receive the same amount of love because it felt like they naturally got more attention being the oldest, the firstborn. you know, like my mom's first love in terms of her babies. (laughs) And then the youngest, who's my little brother and he was like the cutest baby and was just a prince and love you Mac, but like still is a prince, you know? So that being said, the way that played out In our family system, I became a peacekeeper. I was the mediator. I made sure everything was always peaceful as best as I could, especially because my parents were divorced. So going back and forth between homes, I would be the communicator between both parents a lot of the times. And I started taking on this role of kind of shielding my brother from a lot of what was going on in the family, going back and forth between homes, things going on to my older sister. So he and I kind of became this unit and I did everything I could within the family system to maintain peace, essentially. And you can imagine, you know, how that played out into adulthood, extremely accommodating to make sure that everybody else feels good, an extreme people pleaser. I compromised what I wanted and needed in many dynamics, friendships, relationships, in order to make sure that the other person felt okay. A lot of codependence in relationships. So like... <laughs> you know of course the way that we relate to those that we grew up with of course that impacts the way we relate to those out in the world as we become you know adults and leave the nest which has been fun you know to heal a lot of those wounds and see how it has transformed the way that i show up relating to people you know as an autonomous adult out in society and then how i relate to my family when i come home because like i mentioned it can feel confusing almost when when you come home or when you're with family again because those dynamics come back to the surface. All of that work, all of a sudden feels further away. All of those boundaries that you've worked really hard to put in place in your life, whether it be around your routines, whether it be around the way you speak, the way you're spoken to, all of those boundaries become a little bit more permeable, it feels. And when that happens to me, I kind of freak out. And then I become overly rigid and I almost become aggressive in implementing those boundaries because I worked so hard to make them and create them. If I feel like people aren't respecting them, I can kind of shut people out. I get cold, I get icy, I remove myself and I isolate. And that's kind of my punishment. That's my way of punishing. It's my way of feeling like I get to hurt back if I've been hurt is by removing myself, by removing my love from them. And so being home I've just become so much more aware of when I'm in those situations, when I want to react and feed back into a dynamic that my brother and I have, or when I want to jellyfish myself and kind of remove myself from the group as a way of punishing and reacting to something that I felt triggered by. So being back this year for Christmas, after being on this journey for longer and longer, having more of my tools, feeling more grounded and sturdy in the tools that I have, whether it be my meditation practice, my yoga practice, my other mindfulness practices. Being home this year, I've been able to observe a lot of that and just be like, whoa, not only is it super easy to fall back into these dynamics, it almost like feels good. It's like, oh yeah, I know how this goes. I know this dance. You say that, I say that, you respond this, then we get pissed and we get to walk off to our room and close the door. You know, it's like we... Our, we know the dance, so it feels good. It's almost like, yeah, let's play it. It's like that drip of you know, heroin or whatever, <laughs> some addictive drug. <laughs> and what's so fun about doing this work and being the adult and coming back into these dynamics in these family systems is now you have the tools to observe that and choose something differently. And in that moment, choosing something different, choosing kindness, choosing compassion, choosing silence, if that is what it takes to diffuse that pathway in that moment. And then what happens is that instant that you choose something different, that instant that you choose not to react to the same way that you have for maybe your whole life in that certain sibling dynamic or to that specific family member, in that moment you create the possibility of the relationship transforming because now it's a new dance. Now they get to respond perhaps in a different way. They get to follow your lead and your elevation. They have the choice too to transcend the old dynamic and meet you at a higher level where you can actually connect, where you can love each other better. And that gets really exciting because despite whatever's happened within your family, between your siblings, whatever it is, at the end of the day, aside from, you know, a few extreme situations, and they definitely exist, but for most of us, we want to love our family. We want to feel that kinship. We want to have deep, meaningful relationships with our parents, with our siblings. It's in our DNA. It's what we're, we've we evolved to do. They're our tribe. Like from the time we were born, they were who protected us. And so we're bonded to them on a energetic, cellular, and spiritual level. So I truly believe that despite whatever we've told ourselves, we crave that connection to family on a subconscious level. So when you get to do this work and you look at every interaction with a family member, with a sibling, as an opportunity to create a new dance, to transcend an old pattern, it's exciting because what exists on the other side of that is something new, something different. And it may take a long time because both people have to be willing to participate. So it could just be you for a while. If they're not there, if they're not ready, if they don't have their own tools, okay, it could just be you for a while. But every time you choose to not engage or fire down the same old reactionary pathway, you're setting an example for them. You're planting a seed in them for a new way of existing, for a new way of relating. And of course, if there's a, you know, toxic dynamic or a toxic family member, this doesn't pertain to that. This conversation is about sibling dynamics that are not toxic, that are rooted in a legitimate craving and desire to love each other better, but perhaps we're just not speaking the same language or we're at different in different seasons of our lives and we're having a harder time relating. This is for that. And the thing is, I know this conversation is so much easier said than done, right? There's something about being back with family. There's something about those wounds and those triggers that are so freaking powerful. It feels 10 times harder to choose that different response, step into that different reality, that different way of relating in that moment. It feels 10 times harder to do that with family sometimes than it does like, you know, that stranger at the grocery store who said something rude and you can come back to your breath and be like, great. Okay, let me love you, kind of thing. <laughs> it's way harder to do for family. So, what I've noticed in being back home and in these dynamics, feeling the pull of these triggers and these old coping mechanisms really coming back, I've noticed a few ways that I deal with those moments, stay present, and make a new choice. For one, when I'm back home or when I'm around family, I make sure that I communicate my boundaries. That is one thing that I think easily leads to feeling triggered or leads to resentment opening up and manifesting as rude comments or little jabs or passive aggression. Those things that over time like really deteriorate relationship. Yeah, for me, it's very important to communicate those boundaries. And I'll give you an example. So Like I said, my brother and I are extremely close. However, we are also very different. We legitimately kind of speak different languages. I live in Santa Cruz. I'm very spiritual. I love yoga. I meditate a lot. So I talk a lot about energy and holistic wellness, and I have different perspectives on a lot of things than he does. He lives in Toronto. He has a job in finance. He likes to do just a lot of different things than I do. And even if it's a joke, sometimes he'll call me a name or call me something that really doesn't feel good in my body. And growing up, that was just a part of the dynamic. That was just how he spoke to me. And a lot of the times it's accompanied with humor. So, you know, there's that whole, like, I was just kidding, that kind of thing yeah, for a long time, our dynamic was me essentially feeling sad or getting my feelings hurt, not communicating it, and then expecting it to change despite there being no communication about it. (laughs) So now this year I came home within the first night of us just having dinner together. He said something and called me something that I Essentially, like, won't stand for. And so I realized as the night went on how it was sitting in my body, and I really didn't like the way that it felt. I didn't like that I hadn't said anything. I didn't like that it made me want to hurt him back, right? It made me want to make a comment or make a jab or say something rude to him later on. When I don't want to operate from that space, I want to love him. I want to build him up. I want to encourage him. But I can't do that if I'm feeling resentful and angry and hurt in my body. So That evening, I was going to bed and I just said, hey, McLean, moving forward, please don't call me that. Simple as that. He responded. He said, okay. And something as simple as that, although it actually did feel almost scary before I said it, even though he's like my younger brother, (laughs) it did feel a little scary before I said it because it's so out of the norm of our dynamic. It is just not what happens. But in doing that, I created a new dynamic, one where I speak and one where he is able to respect that boundary. Of This is how you will speak to me, not because I'm your sister, not because I'm your friend, just because I'm a human being. This is how you will speak to me and this is what I won't tolerate. So maintaining those boundaries. And again, that was just a simple example. But in that moment, I went to bed and I felt like something was different in our dynamic because that had never happened before. That kind of communication that was so neutral and healthy, there was no emotional charge to that conversation. It was just, this is the boundary. I will not tolerate this. Please don't do it. Okay. If you're not able to meet that standard or respect that boundary, then we'll have to have another conversation about how this relationship is going to move forward. Right. And it's like, it kind of gets to be that easy and it can be really scary, especially when we're doing this to our parents and other family members that feel quote unquote senior, <laughs> especially if we we're raised with this like respect your elders mentality, which, you know, I do back 100%. But it can feel hard and scary to communicate your boundaries. But that is so important, especially in revisiting family or being amongst family over the holidays. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to carve out time for what you need. So for me, that is a lot of alone time. I'm very much an introverted extrovert. I need a lot of time alone to recharge. But once I'm charged, I love sharing that energy with people. I love overflowing and being present and yeah, just sharing my energy and connecting with people. But again, I need a lot of time to recharge to do that. So for me, that looks like walks in nature. That looks like Taking time to be a little bit more reclusive and read in the like nook of the couch, or excuse myself to go meditate for 30 minutes, or go ride the Peloton for 30 minutes. Just doing things and moving my body and being with myself, like I need that. So it's also a little bit of a boundary. Like I need this space, I need to carve out this space. I'm not really gonna compromise that. But it's it's also not as much a boundary as it is. You laying that stake in the ground for yourself because a lot of times we come back home, or we're amongst family, or we feel like we just have so many obligations and expectations that are put on us to be certain places especially if your parents are divorced or you're going to a partner's family as well and you have like four houses to go to for Christmas and three for Christmas Eve and then a day after Christmas brunch, you know? Like there's just so much going on and gifts for everybody. There's so much noise and so much stimulus, especially during this time of the year that it's easy to feel overwhelmed. It's easy to guilt ourselves into overextending. And I am so here to give you permission to not do that. I'm here to give you permission to carve out time for what you need, whether that be alone time on a walk, whether that be not attending every single party. Like you do not have to attend every party. I am the biggest proponent of like RSVPing no (laughs) in the nicest way. Like thank you so much for thinking of me and inviting me to this soiree. I would love to come, but I'm over-engaged this season. Let's carve out time in the new year to connect. Like that's how I would handle an invitation that I don't have enough energy to go to, but I just want to give you permission to carve out time for what you need. Not only will this remind you and bring you back to groundedness in yourself and in your practices, but it just creates that space so that you're not so close to every interaction, every dynamic that you don't get to see what's happening. You get to create space and reflect and then come back and set the intention to move forward differently or to continue to just be present and make those choices in each moment to elevate a dynamic or elevate a relationship. And it can be testing on your patients. It can be hard, but it's also extremely rewarding because like I said, these are the people that know us and love us on a cellular level. And the third thing that I'll mention is starting to become curious about that other person's experience. So I notice this in our family a lot when somebody gets triggered or when there's tension between two people in the dynamic within our family, it's typically the result of one person assuming that the other person did or said something for a reason that only they know. (laughs) that's a little confusing. But like, for example, someone will get upset at the comment that the other person made because to them, they made that comment because they don't respect them. And then everything they do becomes this reflection of how they don't respect them, right? It's this narrative that we have as to why somebody is doing it. And we don't even ask why they actually made that comment in the first place or what their intention is in making that comment or showing up that way in the dynamic, right? So just starting to become curious and not assuming that we know why everybody does and says what they're doing. If we automatically assume that our uncle treats us a certain way because they don't respect us, we'll start to see every comment they say, every interaction they have with you as being a reflection of their lack of respect for you. And then we get worked up and then we Respond in that dynamic from the lens of, well, they don't respect me. So this is how I'm going to show up. Right. And then it creates this whole cycle where you're not truly able to love each other or see each other because we're seeing them through our cloudy narratives. So if you observe yourself assuming that somebody in your family thinks this about you or they always do this or they always treat you like this. Start to get curious and start to ask yourself, what if something else were true? What if they weren't treating me this way because they don't respect me or because they, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the dynamic is between you and this person? But just start to question, what if something else were true? What if it weren't about me per se? What if something were going on? with them? What if they're perceiving my actions differently? You know, just starting to get curious and starting to open up the possibility of something else being true. And eventually, maybe you even communicate with them about it. Just removing our ego from the equation and showing up authentically and genuinely wanting to relate and know these people, know why they act the way they do, know why... They are the way they are. And when we look from that lens, when you try and get curious about their experience, most likely we'll be able to generate more compassion for them. And then we'll be able to respond more gently. And then we'll eventually allow this relationship to elevate. The barriers and the walls will dissolve and you'll be able to connect. But again, that takes time and that takes patience and that takes perseverance. So, this work and this perseverance in creating new dynamics. This is reserved for those relationships that mean the most to us, that go the deepest. And for some people, maybe that's not family. Maybe this is more pertaining to friendships in your life, and they are your family. But for a lot of us, it is our family. It's our parents. It's our siblings. It's our cousins. And so I invite you to approach these dynamics and approach rest of the time that you'll be with family over the holidays with this conversation in mind, with these tools and these reflections in mind and see how they pertain to you and your dynamics and whether or not, you know, this is helpful in creating something different between you, your siblings, your parents, whatever it is. I also just want to remind you in those moments where it feels like the progress you've made has disappeared and these old dynamics and these old reactions feel so visceral, give yourself grace and remember that you have made progress. You have healed. You are on this journey and this journey doesn't look like a graph straight up to the right. Our healing journey, our healing back to self, our self-love journey goes in zigzags and upside down backwards sometimes, down, up, you know, it goes in every single direction. But over time, we are moving, we're making progress, we are transforming. And that's why it's so beautiful. So that is it for today, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your holiday season. Next week, I'll be talking about my tips to transition from this year into 2023, how to hold our visions and manifest what we want to create this year. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Hope you had a great Christmas day with your family and sending you so much love. Talk next week. Bye-bye.